Hello everyone and welcome to part two of the gold series. If you did not get a chance to listen to part one or episode one of the series, go back and listen to it. It's a good transition to the other episodes. You don't need to hear the first episode to get the other two, but I think it's going to help out. Also, if you hear thunder in the background or any other kind of noises, it's because there's thunder in the background. And I'm actually recording this without any electricity, but we'll see how we go, how it goes. You know, first world problem stuff. Hopefully it'll come back soon. Um, but if not, so be it. We'll figure it out. All right. And let's go ahead and get started. You know, for what I've read about history is that it appears that we're living in the best of times, even if I'm without electricity right now, even if there's still wars, rumors of wars, diseases and hunger, it is still not as bad as it used to be. When you think about the Dark Ages, Mao's Revolution and the World Wars, it makes it seem that our generation has it good in comparison. I'm not talking, I'm not taking anything from the difficulties we're dealing with now. Trust me, I feel them too. But in my mind, at least I'm not getting shot at, put into jail for my faith, or starving to death. At least not yet. And I pray and hope that our generation and our children's generation know peace and abundance. But there is a disadvantage to peace and abundance. When we have plenty like we have now, we tend to forget about the one who gave us this peace and abundance. We tend to place him second in our lives and place other things first. It can be anything from our career to our family or even a hobby. We start placing an emphasis on things that really do not matter in the bigger picture. Now, of course, our job is important. Of course, our family is really important. But they're not more important than our relationship with him. He is the way. The way to a prosperous livelihood and prosperous family. But if we no longer focus on him and his way, we start making assumptions of the way things should be. We may start lying to ourselves and trying to justify taking that new role or job or extra hours because we want to give more to our family. But do they really need more stuff? Or do they really need more of our time and, more importantly, more of the word? What kind of things are we storing here on earth and why? Is that the focus of our existence? Trying to move up the corporate ladder so we can attain more things? Life is about sacrifice. We must sacrifice one thing for another. If we place most of our energy in making money, then something else must suffer. It's just the way it is. We cannot serve two masters. Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. And we subconsciously know this, but somehow we still get sucked into the culture and society of more and bigger and faster. I know I did, and I still struggle with it. When it feels like Everyone in social media is doing cool things, buying cool things, and going to cool places. You 
are also tempted to have the same. That is why I do as little as so, little of social media as, as, as I can. And I focus on watching and hearing things that will help me grow in faith and spirit and not in the flesh. Now, I'm not saying that we should not work hard and that we cannot have nice things. But if that is our focus, we need to rethink where our lives are going. I've had plenty in my life just to see it go away. And it has happened to me a few times already. And I believe this goes with the Father giveth and the Father taketh. Job chapter 1 verse 21. More on that later in our conversation. I am glad that he has done this in my life. It has helped me realize what is important and where my focus should be. Besides, most of it was really my fault. I lost what I had. You also hear it all the time in the news. A famous athlete or actor that has amassed millions is now living in poverty. He or she had it all just to lose everything to include sometimes their lives. It also happens to the common man as well. No one is immune to this, not even the great King Solomon. We've all heard of the great wise king, the son of the greatest king of all, King David. We know that David was great and did great things, but he then screwed up. King Solomon also did great things. Most importantly, he built the first temple. David wanted to build it, but his heavenly father told him that he had too much blood on his hands from slaying so many bodies in combat. Solomon also failed as he allowed the worshipping of other gods in the kingdom. You can read this in 1 Kings. He obviously was taught, King Solomon, at an early age that he shall not worship other gods. The first commandment. So how could he be so blinded that he will do something like this? Especially when you read Second Chronicles chapter 1, verse 7 through 13. In that night, God appeared to Solomon and said to him, Ask what I shall give you. And Solomon said to God, You have shown great and steadfast love to David my father, and have made me king in his place. O Lord God, let your word to David my father be now fulfilled, so you have made me king over a people as numerous as the dust of the earth. Give me now wisdom and knowledge to go out and come in before this people. For who can govern this people of yours, which is so great? God answered Solomon, Because this was in your heart, and you have not asked for possessions, wealth, honor, or the life of those who hate you, and have not even asked for long life, but have asked for wisdom and knowledge for yourself, that you may govern my people over whom I have made you king, wisdom and knowledge are granted to you. I will also give you riches, possessions, and honor, such as none of the kings had who were before you, and none after you shall have the like. End quote. King Solomon started well. It pleased his Heavenly Father that he asked for wisdom specifically. That was already wise for him to ask. If you have wisdom, all the other things will follow. But wisdom does not trump obedience. 
Later in the conversation, I am going to tell you what I would have asked for instead, now knowing how King Solomon failed. The book of Proverbs is attributed to have been written by King Solomon. Since there are 31 verses and sometimes 31 days in a month, it is a good habit to read one chapter a day. It has a lot of advice that is easily transferable to any situation at any time in history. But another book that is credited to him is the book of Ecclesiastes. It is a short book, but it packs a punch, and it is a great book to read for this generation. A generation filled with abundance and opportunities. In a nutshell, the book is about all that Solomon has done. He has created great wealth, built many things, and sought out wisdom and understanding. In the end, the king says that all of this was vanity. We understand vanity in a different way in the English language, but we can see it when we read how all the things he did were in vain. Another way to understand vanity is by using the Hebrew translation, which is emptiness. So if you replace the word vanity for emptiness, you receive a deeper feeling, a feeling that our lives are empty if our focus is to acquire things. In chapter 2, Solomon talks about the vanity of self-indulgence, of working so much, and even on trying to live wisely. I do not believe that Solomon is saying not to live wisely. He clearly does, as we can see in verse 14 when he says, The wise person has his eyes in his head, but the fool walks in darkness, end quote. But to think that your own wisdom is going to help you from the world's pitfalls, that is also vanity. In chapter 3, he expresses that there is a time for everything, a time to be born and die, verse 2, a time to weep and laugh, verse 4, a time for war and peace, verse 8. Sometimes we do not recognize what time it is. And we, lead, and we let our own vanities lead the way. In chapter 5, he discussed the vanity of wealth and honor. Let us go through a few of them that stuck out to me. Verse 10. He who loves money will not be satisfied with money. Verse 12. Sweet is the sleep of a laborer, whether he eats little or much, but the full stomach of the rich would not let him sleep. Verse 15. As he came from his mother's womb, he shall go again, naked as he came, and shall take nothing for his toil that he may carry away in his hand. End quote. Chapter 7 is interesting as it does a contrast between our perception of what is bad in our life. I'm going to ask you to read that one on your own, but I will quote verse 3. It states, Sorrow is better than laughter, for by sadness of face the heart is made glad. End quote. We must dig deep on that one to understand it. I know the book sounds somber, and to an extent it does, but if we read between the lines we can find a lot of beauty in it. It may seem like Solomon leaves you hanging, but he's pretty much telling us that life sucks one way or another. Whether you have a lot or little, life will find a way to test you. 
Okay, I'll admit it. That does sound pretty somber, but he does tell us what we should be doing. He tells us to fear the Heavenly Father and keep his commandments. In chapter 8, verse 12, he writes, Though a sinner does evil a hundred times and prolongs his life, yet I know that it will be well with those who fear God, because they fear before him. End quote. He ends the book in chapter 12, verse 13 through 14. The end of the matter, all has been heard. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God will bring every deed into judgment with every secret thing, whether good or evil. End quote. And fearing God is not a bad thing. I feared my earthly father. And that kept me out of trouble. When he said to come home when the street lights came on, I did it because I feared his wrath if I did not. But all he wanted to do was to keep me safe because he loved me. And he knew that nothing good happened after the street lights came on. Final thoughts. Guys, know that when I'm having these conversations with you, I'm also having them with myself. I have learned the hard way. I'm either currently learning the lesson or I need to be following what I know the scriptures are saying or I'm not applying them into my life. With that said, I have prayed to the Father not to let me be rich if I'm going to lose my relationship with Him. And that is maybe why He has taken it from me. Now, and I'm okay with that. Now, wealth is relative, right? A hundred bucks to someone may not be much, but for me, that is a lot. For most of us, it is. Look, I'm not saying you should not hustle or take that promotion or get that truck or purse you have been eyeing, but keep in front of your mind Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 through 21. Do not store up for yourself treasures on earth, where moth and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourself treasures in heaven where moth and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So, instead of asking for wisdom, I would ask the Father that I always fear Him and keep His commandments. I think the wise king would approve. Alright everyone, that is all I have for you for the second part of the gold series. I hope you guys are enjoying it as much as I am. And I'm looking forward to episode three and finalizing this series. And this is, I believe this is the first series we've done for the podcast. And I do have a few more coming and I'm looking forward to sharing those with you as well. So in the meantime, I hope that you're doing well. I hope that you have electricity and I hope that you are showered with many blessings and that you're taking steps every day to have a relationship with the Most High and His Son, the Messiah. Until next time.